ready, man? Party people in the place to be. Uh -huh. It's about that time for us to. Yeah. What you know about? Hi, welcome to today's podcast. It is a snowy day, just as predicted, and we'll talk a little bit about your expectations or some people's expectations as this storm ramped up, beginning well, um, as we were preparing for it, late afternoon, early evening, late evening yesterday. I, 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 I don't know if I'm using the phrase correctly, but I'm calling them snow truthers. Uh, we'll get to that shortly. We also have a guest from ProMedica, my friend Liz, my nerdy friend Liz, will be by to talk about Impact and Inspire, the latest one. Uh, first week of February, she'll do all the details, is to help Alana and the team at Toledo Helps Ukraine. First things first, uh, the skating ribbon that I think many people are excited for going to get a little bit of a, a preview, a sneak peek, a sneak skate, February 4th through the 20th. Now, you've got to get signed up. The registration for the 90-minute periods is important because um, I'm sure these will sell out quickly. So, metroparkstoledo.com slash the ribbon. Not sure if it's free or not, but uh, I guess it's not because they've included prices. Eight for adults and kids 13 and older. Six for uh, kids 4 to 12, kids 3 and younger are free. It looks like they mostly want you to bring your own skates. Some skates will be available to rent at the Market Hall near the Museum of Great Lakes. So I know people are excited about that. I don't think we've had uh, something like this. I know we've got Ottawa Park, but I think briefly for a couple of years before COVID, we had the skating rink between the Renaissance and what's that, the Fifth Third building next to it. We had that for a little while, uh, but obviously no more. So there's some news with that. There is a Friends, there's friends of the library sale beginning tomorrow for members only. Goes to the weekend. Great, great opportunity to get a, a lot of books, very cheap, um, all sorts of content, vinyl, games, eight try, things you collect, physical media. Um, I think you can like get a bag for like eight bucks and just stuff it on Saturday. It's next to Super Fitness on Doran Reynolds. I bring this up because Koi Elementary got a book vending machine. I read about, and I was surprised to see how excited the kids were about it. Um, maybe they're more excited that they get to get a book. They've done something well in school. Um, and maybe that's where the excitement is because they can really get a book uh, anywhere. I'm surprised the kids want like physical books. And the story did note that like any good vending machine, sometimes the books get stuck between the rack and the window. All right, let's dive into, uh, into this storm, <clears throat> which... <clears throat> So far on its timeline is exactly as predicted. It's 12.30 right now. And in the last two hours at least, it's come down really hard. Um, I was up in my, uh, you want to call it my Transformers cave, working on a puzzle. 3,000 pieces, that's a lot. I can do the pieces, but it's just so big. I'm worried about the gymnastics and the reaching I have to do to get things where they need to be. But like a half an hour went by, the street was... Uh, visible, and then it was covered in snow. Um, the snow truthers. Now, there's the real idiots who will see the forecast days out and expect it to never change or just hold forecasters to that. I Now, in this case, everything played out as expected. Um, going back to late last week and over the weekend, I think it was Saturday or so, and I looked and said, oh, we're, we're getting like... Um, 
Five inches of snow on Wednesday. It went up to six, went up to seven, came back down to five. So, But it, it's been in this ballpark. I think actually from the initial forecast, this is a much bigger storm than expected. Again, late last week or over the weekend. Um, as we inched closer, we got prepared for it. Looks like yet yesterday. So Tuesday, I was seeing that we were going to get an inch last night. And the majority of it would be from 9 to 3, 9 to 6, the entire traditional workday here on Wednesday. Now, either I missed something or something was off, but we didn't get anything last night. And that opened up the avenue as schools one by one closed. Um, Tom Hosler had a really good tweet, a funny tweet. And Ottawa Hills was on a two-hour delay last night. Everybody just closed last night. Um, I don't know when Ottawa Hills, Ottawa Hills closed, but they did close. A historic day for Ottawa Hills. You know, they usually just make the kids walk through the snow. I saw a lot of snow truthers last night and a lot of people saying that people now are soft with schools having closed last night. Um, I get that those are the people that one just like to say people are soft. Um, they overlook the fact that we have far more information now to make better decisions than we ever have. Um, and I'll come back to that in just a second. Um, but the, the soft thing and calling people out is just kind of nonsensical. I know these people often have little faith in, well, meteorologists are on the news and you think the news, they think the news lies about everything. So I can understand why if they tell you we're getting uh, four to eight inches, even if it's a big gap, like six to 12, four to eight, um, they'll go, we're barely going to get two. Some guy yesterday, uh, I Facebook bet him that we were going to get more than two inches. He was likely one of those people who would, would doubt um, meteorologists would say the sun is going to be out while they're looking outside at the sun. Um, I don't know. I, I don't subscribe to the soft thing. Now, look, you can go back to um, why we make many of our decisions to avoid lawsuits. Um, if with a lot of information, we still send people to work, to school, to wherever, knowing that the roads are going to be unsafe. Lawsuits. But we do have plenty of information. And again, the closer to the storm that we get or anything in any kind of forecast, the closer we get to it. I know you want to know what's going to happen, like how much snow we're getting next Friday. But we're not going to have the best idea we possibly can till we're we're on its doorstep. Uh, So meteorologists and forecasters adjust. You should adjust as well. Um, I also think it was prudent with the size of the storm and how close we were to it, like 12 hours out from this thing really ramping up, to close schools. Why? So I know the same people like to say, this generation is so soft. Maybe we're just a lot smarter. Um, Because I remember plenty of times with storms as predicted today, when I was younger and a kid, If we saw we were getting six inches, they were going to shut down school. Um, They did shut down school the day before, even without a flake on the ground. I vividly remember that. And if you want to say today's people are soft, maybe you just don't remember your childhood because they closed the damn schools back then too. Additionally, why it was prudent to do this, I do remember also from my generation where we were we were harder and tougher, right? Um, We were also really stupid too because I also remember... When we would get storms, I don't remember how they were forecasted, but I also remember getting storms 
and going to school for an hour and then and the school's doing early dismissal. And I was like, we just got here. Um, I can tell you this. Um, more than creating some havoc the day before calling schools off, there is more havoc and chaos when there is an early dismissal for parents, schools, anybody involved in any way with the school. Like an early dismissal is, and I obviously don't have kids, but I can gather that it is a a complete and total nightmare to send your kids to school sometime before 8 o'clock and then sometime before noon find out they're being sent home. Whether you have to get them, whether buses are going to get them, it's complete and utter carnage. So that's why it was prudent to shut down the schools yesterday to avoid that. Even even to err on the side of caution, even if the storm wound up being three messy, slushy inches, which anybody can get through, um, the worst possible scenario is early dismissal. Am I wrong? Damn the snow truthers. Um, some celeb stuff here, real fast, because I've been thinking about this. And it came to mind because I saw Shailene Woodley. She used to date Aaron Rodgers. I think they they may have been briefly engaged. Um, she was under a lot of duress, a lot of um, uh, emotional distress. I think while she was shooting a movie, I guess in the role, she got to cry, which she said allowed her to release some emotional energy. And she was unaware um, the spotlight she would be on. Obviously, she's a celebrity, but if you add another famous person to that relationship, you can double or triple or quadruple the eyes and interest in what you do. Uh, Willie shared that she struggled with the public aspect of the relationship as a very private person and didn't realize how many people around the world were actually watching these things and paid attention. Yeah, like every time you would pop a post up there, you'd get um, tens of thousands of, of likes and whatnot and also probably thousands of assholes, people who were... Diehard Packers fans saying you're ruining Aaron Rodgers and whatever other toxic nonsense, evil nonsense they could come up with. Um, I wanted to talk about this today and bring this back to myself, if I may. Not to be selfish, but I am the one here talking. Hi, uh, Daisy Ridley, who played uh, Ray in the Star Wars movies, the the recent trilogy. Um, she got she got some some of that toxicity when I think she was playing the character before it, during it, after it. And if I'm not mistaken, um, she got off of social media, which is probably the the uh, the, the best thing for anybody to do. That's the the best advice. Like my my advice always is, and, and I bring this up on the podcast regularly. I know a lot of um. I see it, and I know a lot of uh, female journalists who just get the absolute worst of humanity on social media. I, I see it a lot on Twitter. And as always, unless you can come back at somebody like Amy Steigerwald and her biting tongue and her brilliant words, it's best to just um, ignore them. Um, no matter how irritating these people can be, you can block them, you can mute them on there, but ignore them. That's always in how I, or as I've gotten older, that's how I have approached uh, the haters, the trolls, because you give them credibility, you give them validity, you give them meaning and purpose when you acknowledge them. Um, even when you're trying to showcase someone's awful words to others so that people will have your back, you're still acknowledging them. Um, and they can just simply change their account and come at you elsewhere. But you take away their life support, 
their sustenance if you completely and utterly ignore them. And I guess Daisy Ridley did that by just getting off of social media. And that's a double-edged sword. Um, she has not been in a lot recently, right? Um, I can understand this. I would not, I would not be on social as much or in the way that I am if I didn't do what I did. Uh, if I, I, I've got to go even further. If I had a regular job, um, I would be on social in a much, much different way. Probably wouldn't be posting as much, sharing as much of my life because it just wouldn't be that interesting. Um, I do what I do because I understand that my social cachet um, has allowed me to continue to do what I do. So I have to feed that beast so I can keep my profile up and uh, and share the other good things that I'm able to touch, like the Ability Center and the Zeph Center and Amelia Earhart's and what they're doing for Project I Am with Acoustics for Autism. So I can highlight these other great causes. And I'm fortunate that I'm not a woman, so I don't get 10 times the animus and hate on the internet that that a woman would. And thankfully, I don't have a lot of enemies that I know of anyway that come at me on social. Um, so I had a regular job and didn't promote all these causes and was just a standard human being. Um, pretty normal life. I would be on social in the same way. Um, like if I stepped away from radio... I would probably still want to keep my profile up so I can share these causes and talk about them. And that's, again, the, the double-edged sword that you've got to, like, scorn the beast and smack it around sometimes, but other times you've got to feed it a nice, big, juicy piece of meat or pat it on the head or stroke its wings or tell it, tell it it's pretty and please don't breathe fire on me. And one example I think of, to tie this back to somebody like Daisy Ridley, Charlie Cox. Um... He is the daredevil guy who was back in Spider-Man and in the She-Hulk. And you may have just recently seen... He was originally in Boardwalk Empire on HBO. I think think that's the name of the show. I never watched it. Um, He got that... He got the daredevil role from that. He was most recently in uh, a Netflix MI5 spy show called Treason. It was... He seemed out of place. Uh, His character in the show seemed over his skis, Um, and I know that was part of who his character was, Um, just just wasn't real cohesive, it was fine, I blew through it on, God, was it New Year's Day, I just ran through it, it was fine, I knocked out six hours, I'm glad to have done that rather than to have slept the day away, and I, I appreciate watching him act, I just didn't love the character a whole lot, so he was doing a whole lot of press, and he talked about how he's not on social, you can't find Charlie Cox. You also haven't seen him in a lot of movies or TV shows. And some of that has to be because he doesn't have a high social media profile. Um, He's certainly a, a talented actor. And these are all the decisions that people in public lines of work have to do. Do you want to keep your profile up? but also know that with that, you're going to have some really nasty people coming at you. But you'll, from that higher profile, get more jobs, more roles um, that somebody else might not get who isn't on social media. Um, Charlie Cox is not. Perhaps if he was, he'd have more roles. Same thing with Daisy Ridley. I don't know what her social presence is. I don't see her. uh, I don't get her in the entertainment prep emails that I get. 
I don't see her name in there. Um, I don't see her on gossip websites. I don't see tweets of hers, which is, this is all good. Um, I appreciate that she has made the decision to stay off of all that stuff because it can be too overwhelming and too mean. And she realizes maybe she's not going to get as much work as an actress who has become more popular through those means. Actresses and actors. Um, You know, I'm over award shows. I think there's too many of them. Uh, A guy that I appreciate on Twitter yesterday, um, I asked him, like, who gets to decide what's good, great, and otherwise with the Oscars, the Academy Award? Well, why? Uh, Haven't we questioned the credentials of those people for a long time? Didn't the comedy host of the Golden Globes point out how the Hollywood Foreign Press is just completely white and has no diversity. Um, and even if it's it's not the diversity that some are looking for, aren't a lot of these, th- these things like the, the, the Grammy and the Academy Awards, like isn't a lot of old white men? Like let's mix in some old white women or old black guys, old black women. Doesn't have to be entirely diverse, but when it's just like one thing, um, so you think if, if you look at these things through that scope, you look back and go, maybe some of these things weren't real deserved. Um, a player was voted into the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame yesterday. So there's been a lot of discussion of like who's gotten in and how. And then you, you look back and go, maybe people voting for certain awards in the 80s or 90s were not looking at things objectively enough. So when you hear that somebody won three MVP awards and they're they're an easy Hall of Famer or they didn't win any MVP awards and they shouldn't get in at all, maybe the spectrum that they saw things through was really skewed. We can say that. We can do the same thing, same things with award shows. I almost wish we can go back to, I know people in college football hate the BCS, the, the computer system that picked teams. And granted, the the math that went into that might have been flawed, but I wish we would have fixed the math rather than letting human beings who are definitely flawed and inherently biased, no matter how objective they try to be, um, pick the best teams in college football or in the cases of movies and music. How Could we get 10 people in a room to get them to unanimously agree like a jury that everything, everywhere, all at once was the movie of the year. Now, maybe with something that's so overwhelming as that, absolutely. Um, but who made you? Who made you the, the Jedi Council? What are your What are your credentials? What's on your resume to pick these winners? And since I don't know, and since I can't change the Academy or who picks the Grammy Awards or any of that nonsense. In the same way that, like, I know that Barry Bonds is the greatest baseball player I ever saw, but he very much cheated. I don't need him to be in the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame. I saw it. I watched it. I experienced it. So the award system, for all things, are in my head to that point. I watched RRR or Triple R. I think it's a Bollywood movie. I think I got that right. Um, like like our Hollywood, but, but from the Indian culture. My God. Like, I, this movie was supposedly... Uh, in all the Oscar snub articles, this was the biggest one. Um, it's an action movie. And I had seen people say, get so-and-so a Marvel role right now. Either one of the two um, co-leads. And Ray Stevenson is in it. Also, Allison Duty. Who's that? 
I believe she was the young blonde in Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade who both young Indy and old Indy hooked up with. She's in this movie with a lot of plastic surgery. So some some familiar faces. Um, it, it is a phenomenal movie. And get both of those guys' Marvel roles. Um, it is a Marvel movie meets... No, I'm not good with musicals. But it is a Marvel movie meets Grease with a little bit of the Matrix mixed in. I hope that got your attention. RRR or Triple R, however it's pronounced. I've got to finish it tonight because it's a three-hour movie. But there were some eye-popping moments in it when it comes to fight choreography, dance choreography, singing, gore and violence. It's like it's like no movie I've ever seen before. And one last thing when it comes to good movies, I aged into when I was a kid, I never watched the Oscars because they didn't they didn't, they didn't have like the movies that I watched on there because I would just go to pop culture movies, Independence Day and all all that nonsense. Why why isn't um Phantom Menace. I know you hate that movie. Why why aren't these movies in there? Um, but then I, I think I aged into Oscar movies. The Dark Knight helped that when, when the movie of the year category expanded. Um, but I also think the Oscars aged down just a little bit. They opened themselves up to a little bit of pop culture. Maybe not where they should be. Um, I encourage you or anyone to pick a couple of these snobby Oscar picks whether it's an actor, an actress, or an era that you like, and give them a try because you might find out um, that you really, really like some of these movies. Now, look, I flipped some of these on and go, this is not, I don't care if this era is my taste or not. This is just not my vibe of a movie. But you might find out otherwise. Um, A lot of times when I've dug into these snobby indie flicks, I have found some real gems. I think Liz, my friend from ProMedica, Liz Lada, is a gem. Let's get with her now. Please let me introduce the one and only, should I call you Elizabeth or can we do Liz? You can do Liz. It is Liz Lada. She has visited before, but she is here virtually now because there is a very important event, maybe one of the most important Impact and Inspires ever coming up soon. But first, Liz, what is it exactly you do with our friends over at ProMedica? Um, so I work in the foundation office and at the foundation office, uh, we focus on philanthropy and giving back to the, the hospitals primarily. However, uh, Impact and Inspire is a young professional series. It's co-run by or completely run by the foundation office and we focus on giving back to the community by teaching young professionals about philanthropy. Got it. Um, I, I, have I aged out of Impact and Inspire uh, for young professionals? Because I think my first one was six years ago now. I mean, we say 21 <laughs> and older. So we, gonna... say, I mean, we do say young professionals, but yeah, 21 and older. Got it. Um, can you tell me some of the more examples of, of foundation events in the past or where uh, the average Toledo and might have run into them or uh, directly some of that money, what it's funded? Well, so something that's kind of unique about Impact and Inspire is that instead of typically asking for a monetary device or monetary donation, like if let's say you gave ten dollars to go to an event uh, for some other sort of nonprofit event, we ask you to bring an item off of the beneficiary's wish list. That way, at the event, you can see at the table 
how you are making an impact right there. You don't have to wonder where your dollars are going to, you know, right at that event. Oh, everybody has been giving all of these donations and they will be used immediately. Um, in the past, uh, we have benefited the Evite Institute, the Prometica Food Clinic, um, the Ronald McDonald House, the Toledo Museum of Art Family Center, Chrysalis, Cherry Street Mission, uh, the YMCA, Camp Fearless, the Bethany House, uh, Connecting Kids to Meals. That was one that we partnered with United Way Emerging Leaders a few years back, and we packed meal kits for kids over the holidays. Uh, we've benefited Humane Ohio. We've benefited the Toledo Zoo. Uh, last year, we had a really fun event out at First Tea. Uh, we benefited Mom's House back in October. And our last event, we benefited the Toledo Public Schools Foundation, again, partnering um, at that one with the United Way Emerging Leaders. I hear some heavy hitters, some places doing great work in our community in there, some places that I'm um, very closely connected to. So thanks for doing this for all these outstanding organizations. Um, they they continually are getting donations from all around the community, but to have events like yours that can lift these causes up a little bit higher, um, it's important stuff. Can we talk about what somebody can expect at an Impact and Inspire event? Give me a quick review of, uh, of the first tea event. Okay, so at the First Tea event, uh, we had our attendees go out to First Tea, which is a really great new, um, well, it's not new, but they have a beautiful new building. And we had our guests bring items um, that also benefit the Boys and Girls program there. So snacks, uh, juices, and then also um, some golf teas, golf balls, things that are needed at First Tea. Um, we had a food truck there, we provided some beverages, and then we had a uh, presentation from their leader. And then we let people uh, explore their small little course. Um, so we had um, some golf games available for people to play. What is First Tea? Really what is First Tea? Uh, first, first Tea is a local, well, it's actually a national, but our local one, First Tea of Lake Erie, um, teaches kids the um, some leadership skills Excellent. so it teaches like the leadership skills and it connects them and the like, caddy program it's really great great um let's jump ahead to the upcoming event and we'll get to all the details of that but uh, at least and granted you're my friend so i see all this stuff but i can also speak to the fact that i've never seen the ramp up to an impact and inspire like this uh, these are often like quick evening events, and this has been like an entire odyssey um, to help out a, a friend of mine, Alana from Toledo Helps Ukraine. So before we get to that event, um, how did this all begin? I know you're collecting things to help out Toledo Helps Ukraine, but share with me what I have seen and what you've shared on your Instagram for the last couple of weeks. So uh, one of my bosses uh, met with Alana at the Innovation Summit. And he had heard that um, she had been collecting dollars, not so many donations, but dollars that would be used to bring Ukrainians to America for um, a limited amount of time while things are going on in Ukraine. And he asked if they needed donations, like actual physical, tangible donations. And she said, yes, but with how much goes into shipping items to Ukraine. 
um, it was becoming a bit of a challenge as Toledo Helps Ukraine only has two people um, helping organize all of their funds and events. So Gary said, well, Impact and Inspire can help you out. So that was uh, two weeks before Christmas. Uh, we met with Alana and um, told her we'd love to help her out. Initially, we said March, and then the week before Christmas, I heard that we should do this in February because the need in Ukraine is so intense right now. It's yeah. winter. Um, the war continues. Uh, so it's going to be a year next month. Yeah. So um, we decided, all right, we'll bump this up to February 9th. And we started, we found a location to have the event at Handmade Toledo. We started reaching out to food vendors. Um, so we started to plan and then we also put together a wish list. And on that wish list were medical supplies. Um, January 10th is when, uh, or a week before January 10th, but we had heard that there was somebody who had gone to Europe as part of a medical convoy last year. And he could only take 10% of these items that were donated to him anonymously. Um, and he would like them to go to Ukraine. So we said, oh, sure, we'll take them. Not knowing that there were hundreds of medical supplies that needed counted and sorted and weighed and labeled. Oh, oh and Liz, hold on a second. I, I know you're in foundation and I know sometimes you have to like count money uh -huh. there, but hundreds is way off. It might be closer to thousands or tens of thousands. <laughs> It's yes, <laughs> yes. So we are we are at least in the tens of thousands. I think that we might be hundreds of thousands. I, um, I have never touched more medical supplies in my <laughs> life than that two-hour window that I popped downtown to help you. I I have never seen anything like that in my entire life. It's like it's like a hospital blew up. It's like a hospital blew up like a pinata, and the medical supplies were everywhere except they were right there in that room, and uh, you and your crew were counting them. Correct. Correct. And you don't know that this person is a, a good, an anonymous Good Samaritan, right? Correct. We have no idea where these came from. Um, we have some ideas, but we haven't confirmed them yet. Um, but needles, syringes, face masks, face shields, um, and alcohol prep pads. Those were the majority that we were, as you know, we were sorting and counting. So we have now created three volunteer events um, in the lead up to our actual event, just because this this is more than um, my crew of seven can uh, reasonably do while we're also focusing on our other aspects of our jobs. Um, but yeah, we, we're we doing great work um, and we greatly appreciate our volunteers like you uh, who helped uh, sort all those medical supplies and luckily, all of them have been sorted. Good. Um, that's, up, that's our update. They have all been sorted. Now they need counted and they need packed and weighed. Uh, the upcoming event. So right now we're recording this Wednesday, January 25th. I know there was an, an event intended to be tonight. It ain't happening, right? No, no. Yeah. No. So um, what are these are the, the, the pre-games for the big event coming up in February. What are those that you might want to invite people to? Well, we are having our volunteer opportunity to count and package and weigh these medical supplies on Tuesday, January 31st from 4.30 to 7.30. This is at the Bell Building downtown, 709 Madison Avenue. Uh, we've put up a big Toledo Helps Ukraine sign in the window so people know where we are now. 
and uh, we'll have pizza, we'll have pop, um, snacks, and that's primarily that focus. And we're also extending this to the rest of the community. Um, so ages 13 and up for this volunteer opportunity um, where, yeah, it should be a fun time. We'll have music and food. And if you know any teenagers that have volunteer hours that need um, to happen this year, we'll sign off on the volunteer hours. Um, Excellent. We just, we need these, uh, think we need all these to be sorted. Uh, we have quite the box mountain currently happening in our storage facility. And um, eventually that will get uh, moved to a different facility. Uh, so we can get that on pallets. That's another volunteer opportunity that we don't have a date set for yet, but there will be another date upcoming to um, move these boxes to a different facility that we can get a truck up to. I know you didn't you didn't come on to talk uh, gory statistics and numbers. I know nobody came here to listen to math, but I am kind of curious if you could guesstimate in your head the amount of person hours that have gone into this and the amount of volunteers that have been a part of this because it, it seemed like an insurmountable task to get all this stuff counted and packed. Um, you showed me a room with an entire, an entire room filled with bags of medical supplies. And again, I have never seen anything like this. How many people have helped out with this? How many hours has this taken? I was so impressed to look at your Instagram and go, wow, all the bags are gone and those boxes are actually neatly packed. Oh, uh, I think on Martin Luther King Jr. Day, I think we had 25 people throughout the day. Uh, so that was great. Um, and then the next day, I think we had maybe 10. Um, and that includes my team, the Impact and Inspire team. Um, let me think. I was back there last Wednesday, counting and sorting. Um, I'm there, I think, three t at least three times a week right now, counting and sorting um, medical supplies. So it's it's been a lot. Um, I would say for hours, at least 30 hours total so far. I, I'll put it another way. Um, having looked at your pictures and watched this over a timeline of several days several times i was like doesn't live liz has other things to do besides pack these things she can't <laughs> possibly be getting to all those emails and like this is not the only thing happening with the foundation all right let's jump ahead to the to the big event the main event happening in february let's talk about that at handmade correct all right so we are having our actual event for young professionals from 5 30 to 8 o'clock on February 9th at Handmade Toledo. So the current setup for that event, uh, we will have food, um, original sub shop, we're in talks with them to have food and we'll have some beverages. And then we're also collecting, so instead of a ticket price, we are asking our guests to bring um, something off of this wish list, which could be non-perishable food and water. So like canned food, um, I think somebody dropped, gave us like bags of rice, which is great. Um, winter clothing, so preferably new, um, or it could be lightly used coats. We're also looking for new thermal underwear. Uh, power sources, like generators or power blocks or batteries. I would say anything solar powered would also be great to collect um, if you have it. Um, somebody did give us a generator, so that's currently in our storage, um, so that's fantastic. Uh, cold weather items, so blankets, hand and feet warmers, anything to keep people warm. Um, 
we are still asking for medical supplies if somebody wants to give us those. Uh, so this could be tourniquets or painkillers, first aid kits, um, some miscellaneous items like candles or flashlights. Again, I know they have solar powered flashlights, so that, that would be preferred. Um, or tape. Uh, we are, to box everything, we are running out of packing tape like crazy. So if you would like to bring us packing tape, we would use that at the event itself. Um, Liz, this is a, a long list of a lot of things. Um, is there a place where someone can can check out this list and get a little bit more of what's going to happen on the evening? And I know it's, uh, it's encouraged to sign up for the night as well, right? Correct. Uh, so our URL is I'm in, so I am I in for number four, ua.eventbrite.com. Uh, and, and a place to look on Facebook or social sites as well? Yep, yep. We have, uh, there's a Facebook page um, or Facebook event page. Uh, so that's there. And I think those are currently the two ways to learn more about the events. And Excellent. we are updating the Facebook page uh, weekly. Um, is there any adult beverages at this? I know sometimes at Impact and Inspire, there are those. Yes, uh, we will be providing um, one or two uh, beers or seltzers or wine, glasses of wine per person. Excellent. If Mo from the sub shop gives you a hard time, let me know. I will, uh, I'm not afraid to go in there and take her dogs from her because I got her <laughs> one of them. Okay. Um, is a, there's always a presentation as to why people are, are giving what they are. Is, is Alana going to be speaking at this or how will the presentation yes. part of this go? Yes. So, so uh, halfway through the event, um, Alana will be presenting for five to 10 minutes um, just about the creation of Toledo Helps Ukraine as well as the need that um, they have. Um, we are going to also have a question and answer session uh, for anybody who wants to ask questions of her or uh, Hope Luther, who is the co-founder of Toledo Helps Ukraine. So they will both be there, um, happy to answer any questions that we can, anybody in the audience would like to ask. Um, additionally, at the end of the night, so probably between seven and eight o'clock, uh, we will have a count and pack session there uh, for all of the items that guests bring to the event. So we need for customs every event or every event donation to be labeled. So uh, we will have our donation table uh, split up with categories and then attendees can help sort, count, and pack, weigh, and label the items that night. I am kind of curious to see if you're peeking out on Adam Street during the event, if a, uh, if a large truck pulls up and maybe you see a, a syringe. Um, oh, could boy. Be, could, could be another anonymous donor. No. Here's 38,000 syringes. <laughs> uh, but we're not sure of the number. You're going to have to recount them. Mm -hmm. um, thanks for doing this. Uh, Alana is a great person. I've gotten to know her over the last year. I'm, I, I we were talking about this uh, last night. Like, it's a terrible thing that you wish you never have to do. But I told her that if people don't know, her parents are safe and out of the country. Um, what she's doing now is just uh, is just people that that she knows, um, uh, other, uh, people in her country, and. I just try to offer her some some kind words that like you're doing an incredible thing right now that will last a lifetime and um, changing lives, helping lives. And some of the people that she has met will be lifetime friends that she can tap into or they can tap into her. She's become quite a woman here in our community um, in the last year. Mm -hmm. Very much so. Uh, Impact and Inspire. One more time. Just uh, keep an eye out for social and that URL that people can go to. 
Uh, yes, the URL is imin4ua.eventbrite.com. Uh, uh, do we know what the next one is? Uh, we are currently working on that, so we will probably announce at the event. Excellent.